Welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guests today are President Ruth Truss of the Alabama Historical Association and Mark Wilson, Secretary of the Alabama Historical Association, and we'll be talking with them both about the upcoming administration of our new president. Again, it's Ruth Truss from the University of Montevallo. So, Ruth, welcome. Mark, welcome. Thanks, Marty. Thank you. Happy to be here. Ruth, Tell us what you expect out of your administration. So I have a couple of goals for this year. First of all, I want to continue the initiatives from previous presidents, especially Frazing Taylor, Ben Severance, and Jim Baggett. Frazing and Ben especially worked on diversity in membership and programming, and Jim Baggett began the Speakers Bureau and he's just now put together an ad hoc committee on that. And you, of course, Marty, will be a member of that committee, along with Dorothy Walker. Jim also had done the paperwork for offering CEUs for our public school teachers, which I thought was a really good idea. I'm not sure why we had never done that in the past. And has volunteered to continue to do both of those. Really appreciative. And you're talking about CEUs to K-12 through teachers for attending the Alabama Historical Association Fall Pilgrimage and its April meeting. Correct. Yes. We hope that will encourage some K-12 teachers to join us. Related to the partnership with the teachers, we want to expand that. We have a new board member, Amber Broadhead, and she's been very active with this organization. And then we've also set up another ad hoc committee to work with the K-12 teachers. And that committee will consist of Amber Broadhead, she'll chair it. And then we'll have Blake Busbin, who is the social studies coordinator for the State Department of Education. Is he on the board also? Yes, he is. The third member of that committee is Jared Smitherman, who teaches at the J.B. Pennington High School in Blount County. Mark and I met with those three already. Mark, would you like to talk about that? One of the benefits of having teachers among us is that they can help us find out ways to help more teachers. And so their advice in particular, and our board was able to take action today, was to create a new membership category for K-12 teachers, current teachers or retired, so that annual membership dues would be half of the regular membership dues. For example, this year, current rate of membership is $40 per year, which is wonderfully affordable, but we want to offer to teachers half price. And so $20 teachers can become members of the Alabama Historical Association, receive four issues of the Alabama Review per year, be a part of all of our organizational activities, Um, And so we're very appreciative of teachers and President Truss's leadership to help make that happen. Now, does that membership category apply only to incoming new members, or does it apply to current members of the AHA who are K-12 teachers, active or retired? 
Current members, when they renew, can renew at that teacher rate. And we specifically wanted to make sure that we included retirees because we want to honor those persons who've spent their career in public education, and they have helped train the next generation of historians who would then go to places like the University of Montevallo and have President Truss as their professor and now dean. So we're helping to honor the pipeline of education that results in memberships and active participants in the organization. I think that's a worthy initiative. Anything else going on? One of the things that we are going to do is to pilot some changes in the programming of the pilgrimage and then the calendar of the annual meeting. For the pilgrimage, which will be October 27th and 28th in Sylacauga, we are going to expand our Friday offerings to be more robust. So if members want or need to spend the night in Sylacauga, it'll be more worthwhile for their time. We really started this in Mentone, and it went very well in Mentone, and so we're going to continue that Friday afternoon. We will start with the Bluebell Parlor. will be open for members to come and visit, and apparently you can buy ice cream for a dollar. So this is Bluebell ice cream? Yes, ah. yes, and so bring at least one dollar. So, <laughs> and then the B.B. Comer Library will be our headquarters. We will have some displays there, Just the library itself is like a museum with all the sculptures, and they have an artwork collection there that's very fascinating. Now, for somebody who's not familiar with Silicaga, you said sculptures. What kind of sculptures? Silicaga is the marble capital of the state and actually is one of the two primary areas in the world to have this lovely white marble. We are going to showcase that, and they have a marble festival every year, and they bring in sculptors from all over the world. And so in the library, they have some of those sculptures on display. It's really a fascinating and a lovely public library. Tracy Thomas is the librarian there now, and she, as well as the former librarian, who is Dr. Shirley Spears, She and her husband, Ted, are our local arrangements committee for Silicaga and have been really helpful. Mark was able to get Dr. Wayne Flint to be our Friday evening speaker. You want to talk about his talk? Yeah, of course, Dr. Wayne Flint is a noted historian of Alabama history, has a wonderful lecture from his own family history and his wife's family history of migration into some of those counties. He's been a frequent speaker over the years at the Comer Library's speaker series, which is so well attended. The town of Silicaga and the offerings they have are really unique, and I think our members are really going to enjoy, as Ruth said, seeing the, the library, which is a museum for marble sculpture. And as a matter of fact, we've been able to get a live sculpture demonstration for Saturday of the pilgrimage. The local sculptor, Craiger Brown, is going to be actively working on a piece. Several of his pieces are at the library, but he'll be working on that, and uh, so our folks can see that in action. 
It's an honor and a wonderful responsibility of the presidents each year to choose where our meetings will take place. And so when Ruth mentioned that she would love to take the pilgrimage to Silicago, we had a warm, wonderful reception from these local leaders. Our folks have heard about Silicago. They may have gone through, but they are certainly going to leave with a better understanding of its significance as a town in Alabama. Well, I think one of the most important things that the Alabama Historical Association does with its pilgrimage is to highlight places that are off the beaten path. And now Silicogans might not say we're off the beaten path, but it's real easy to bypass Silicaga if you don't want to actually go there. And you'll have a future podcast with some of those local leaders about the pilgrimage, correct? That's exactly what's going to happen. Probably the October podcast will be with the local arrangements committee. In addition to all of what we've mentioned, we will have a special tour at Purcell Farms, which is outside of Silicaga. Come play golf for the afternoon if you want to, but if you want to come and learn about the history, David Purcell will have a presentation on Talladega County and some of the important historical sites that are on the property of Purcell Farms. He also has some interesting items that belong to Jim Neighbors. Another important employment avenue in that area, of course, was Avondale Mills. Mm. And the library has the Douglas Crockwell Ad art collection. It's almost a Norman Rockwell type of art. They use people in the area as the models. Tracy Thomas told us that they'll have people from the area come in and find their relatives there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Dr. Flint will give his talk on the history of the state. We'll have a reception, and we will have some jazz music. And then Saturday morning, we will have registration, book sales. But this is another pilot that we're going to try for the teachers, and we will have Hayden McDaniel from the Alabama Department of Archives and History to lead a session for K-12 history teachers on Uh, She's titled it Primary Sources at Your Fingertips. Then we'll move into the meeting and have our welcome from the local leaders and a buffet lunch. And then we will move to the tours. On our tour list will be Emory's Quarry Overlook. And then the Isabel Anderson Comer Museum and Art Center. Two churches, the Rising Star Baptist Church and the First Baptist Church of Silicaga. The Silicaga Cemetery, which dates from like the 1830s. We have some early ones, and many of the headstones were of Silicaga marble. And the East Highland School will have a display at the library, so we're looking forward to that. People often ask, do they have to be a member of the Alabama Historical Association to attend the fall pilgrimage or the annual meeting? And of course, we would love for everyone to be a member, but we hope that they will become a member by the end of the meeting. And so, no, you don't have to be a member to register, but we do encourage that. But we really want these meetings to be an opportunity for the public to meet others who are interested in history, have these experiences in a community, and then support the association going forward. Let me ask you this. How are people who are non-members able to get information about these meetings? AlabamaHistory.net is our website. On our website, we have pages for our upcoming meetings and for our newsletter. 
couple of months prior to the meeting, we will publish a 24-page color newsletter, which is the way we tell the story of the upcoming meeting and the way we include a registration form. And so you can register that way or you can register online. You can pay with a credit card. We want to make it easy for everyone to learn about the meeting and to educate yourself on the community before you arrive. And then when you get there, you can see all of these things in person and more, most importantly, meet some of the fabulous local people who are really caring for the historical resources in ways that we should all admire and appreciate. President Truff, you have other things going on in your administration, which is already very crowded. Well, obviously, the next large meeting for the organization will be April 10th through the 12th, and we will hold that meeting this year in Huntsville. Christine Sears of the University of Alabama in Huntsville is chairing our local arrangements, and Dr. Sears, of course, has just been a fabulous help to us. UAH, Alabama A&M, the Huntsville-Madison County Historical Society and the Public Library, the City of Huntsville, Gary Wicks with the Space and Rocket Center, he's retired from there, and then Ben Hoaksbergen from Redstone, Brandon Owens and Veronica Williams from A&M. That's right. Wonderful local arrangements committee is coming together, and we'll continue to have meetings and be interested in any help our members in Huntsville can give us as we plan, but it's really nice to see all the people excited about hosting the annual meeting. Huntsville's always been a good place to have the meeting because it has the facilities to host as large a group as we have. Where are we going to be in Huntsville? We will be at the Marriott Conference Center near the Space and Rocket Center. And our meeting this year is going to start on Wednesday night. We'll have our reception at the Botanical Garden. And we have a lovely space set up. We hope to have some live music there as well. And the members have access to the gardens. Now, you just said Wednesday night. This is a shift from the usual time of the AHA meeting. It is a shift. As you know, in big cities, Friday afternoons are challenging for traffic patterns. And so as we consulted a lot of the historical sites that we would love to visit on that afternoon, we decided to move the meeting back one day as an experiment, particularly for this year, because this will allow us to do tours downtown on Thursday rather than Friday. Additionally, it allows us to get a more competitive rate at hotels and at the conference hotel. The last time we met in Huntsville was 2012. There have been a lot of changes in downtown Huntsville, wonderful changes since that time. We'll be five miles from downtown, and we'll work on transportation for attendees to get from the hotel downtown to tours. But to be able to see all of what they have to offer, things like the Temple B'nai Shalom, St. John AME Church, the Whedon House, which we've been to before, First National Bank right there downtown, the Episcopal Church in the Nativity, Harrison Brothers Hardware, which is an operating hardware store, but basically a museum in itself, the Twickenham Historic District. All of those things are wonderful. And so moving the meeting one day back will provide better opportunity to see those sites. Well, and let's not sell Big Spring Park short here either, even though it might not be one of the listed sites we're going to visit. It is large and in charge in downtown Huntsville. Well, and some of our members, they love the history, but they also love to shop. And so some of our folks are just going to be in and out of the shops that afternoon. And we can't blame them there because Huntsville has some great offerings for that as well. 
It sounds like the AHA is in not only good hands, but that you have a lot on your plate. Do you have anything else that you'd like to I think one thing we're very excited about with the annual meeting in Huntsville, our banquet speaker for Thursday night, Isabella Morales, who wrote this very interesting work called Happy Dreams of Liberty. It's about a Huntsville family and a slaveholder who emancipated his slaves, and they inherited the estate upon his death. I really have to thank Christine Sears here in UAH because she contacted Dr. Morales for us and UAH is helping to host her. We're very excited about that. We think our membership will enjoy what she has to say. It's a Huntsville topic. It's an Alabama topic. And she's an interesting speaker. Additionally, folks will have a chance to hear all of the latest research in Alabama history from persons who will be on the program. Our call for papers will soon be released on our website. And so if you have any original research in Alabama history, we hope that you will submit a proposal for a 20-minute presentation. We'll accept as many as we possibly can with the space that we have at the hotel. The program committee will have a difficult job of selecting those, but we really want to highlight what's being done in Alabama history so that when persons come to our meeting, they get to meet the people who've written the books they've read. But additionally, graduate students, undergraduate students present their research that will hopefully one day be published in the Alabama Review or in Alabama Heritage. And then maybe one day they can be on this podcast series because they've won an award from the Alabama Historical Association. And not just students and not just academics, but advocational scholars, community scholars, independent scholars as well. No one knows their local history like local historians. And so we want everyone to make a proposal. Um, If we can't accept it this year, I'm sure it would be great to consider it for the next year. We want to be a place where Alabama history thrives. Dr. Trust, as long as you've been around, not everybody knows who you are. Could you give our listeners a small autobiographical statement? Okay, so I am an Alabamian. I grew up in Chilton County, went to the University of Montevallo for my undergraduate degree, University of Alabama for my master's and PhD, and I worked with Sarah Wiggins. Also, as an undergraduate, worked with Dr. Justin Fuller. Both of those were past presidents of this organization. So that's one of the reasons why I was so honored to be asked to submit my name for the presidency. I feel like I have big shoes to fill. Once I graduated, most of my career has been at the University of Montevallo. I became a professor and then chair of the department, and the last four years I have been the dean of the College of Arts and Sciences. Still, history remains my greatest love, so I'm very honored and excited to be here. It's a wonderful organization. It's always fun to see the people every year. Now, what has your research been on? Initially, it was on the Alabama National Guard. So most of my published research especially has been on the Alabama National Guard, concentrating on World War One. Of course, did the book with you uh, that you <laughs> edited. Then I worked with Sarah Wiggins on the journal of Sarah Hainsworth Gale. That was published in 2013. More than likely, my presidential topic will be something on Sarah Gale. I have such respect for Sarah Wiggins and for her scholarship, and uh, I miss her. (laughs) Yeah, she unfortunately passed away just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Thank you very much, President Ruth Truss of the Alabama Historical Association and Secretary Mark Wilson, without whom this organization would not function. Agreed. I appreciate y'all both being here today. We appreciate you, Marty. Marty. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.